0: phone with us checking in all the way from the west coast rob dan lebowitz lebo how are you welcome
1: i'm doing good you know things are wild right now but uh but i'm actually doing pretty good here i'm sitting in my home studio which is like my uh my creative zone when i'm not on the road so when i'm in here you know it's like a it's like a, a vacuum sealed silent, you know light no light kind of room which it could be like anything outside and it's always the same in here so
0: <laughs> so for <laughs> you know all mean? our listeners who are like what day of the week it is you relate
1: exactly yeah i'm like that all the time i just said that to someone the other day welcome to the life of, of a musician we <laughs> only know fridays and saturdays all the all the rest of the days i mean we're working but they run together <laughs> <You know what> <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're a family man so it's got to be nice to be spending the time at home
1: absolutely i gotta say like uh, uh as we were saying right in the beginning there's You know there's like i guess what i'm feeling right now is this sort of i was thinking about it earlier it's like maximum duality where like you know there's like all this really beautiful stuff of being home with a family and i'm even enjoying the homeschooling like it's been fun we've been doing a lot of music as part of our homeschooling um you know like i've been getting all this stuff done here i've been getting to some studio projects that have been kind of like waiting for my attention so there's all this kind of really beautiful stuff but then there's this weird like cloud of doom right. uh, hanging out above and I, I can just barely see it, but like I'm very well aware that it's there and I'm, I'm feeling that too. So it's like this real like extreme duality right now, which is, I think a lot of people are going through that.
2: How many kids do you have? I got one. And how are you explaining what exactly is going on to your you know,
1: child? She's, she it's, it's interesting because we've definitely been of the mindset of like, you know, protecting protecting our child from the horrors of the world uh, uh as she's been growing up but with this one actually she's 10 now so we're we're actually talking about it pretty freely around her um but i feel like with kids you know like i really feel like they feed off your energy much more than they feed off your words um and i feel like myself and Jenna my wife who who you all probably know cuz she's in music management um, uh, we, we, we're real level-headed about it. We're not, like, freaking out. We're just, like, talking about it factually and talking about all the, the things we can do to to keep ourselves safe and the things we can do to help other people. And uh, so she's actually been really in a good space with that. I think she's enjoying all this extra time with her parents right now. Um, <laughs> and as far as the scary stuff, she's, like, understanding it, but I I feel like she's taking it in real well, you know, not in a, in a doom, doomsday kind of way.
0: Now she's also a Waldorf girl, right? She's a,
1: yes. Yes. My son's
0: a Waldorf, uh, student as well. So, so the real question then is how are you dealing with the arrhythmia? Isn't that called arrhythmia?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like I'm like, all right, uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the drawing now.
1: (laughs) You know what? We haven't, we haven't been doing a lot of arrhythmia at home, (laughs) but I'll tell you, it's the homeschooling things a trip because her teachers have actually been really good about setting out work and being pretty outlined about the stuff they need to do, and it's more focused around like project based yeah. stuff right now. Anyhow, so she's got a big report she's doing, and then and then I'll tell you what's great for me is I just like uh, music just became like like twenty or thirty percent of the curriculum mm-hmm. around our house. So we're doing lots of piano, lots of violin, uh, lots of lots of that stuff. So that's my cool. son
0: does the uh, cello and the Suzuki method, and then also does it with Waldorf there. So there's that tie in, but uh you know it's really interesting to watch these kids start doing these zoom lessons where it, he does yeah. that with with his cello and there's this great app that he's working with that's like really helpful and then he has ukulele lessons as well on his own and uh so yeah it's just really interesting to see these kids like just starting st- just getting right into it and it's working
1: it totally is you know that's been like one of the cool lessons uh, uh to me too is just like adaptability. Um. And, and I've, I've been seeing that kind of just what you're talking about right there. And I've been seeing it, uh, you know, with our daughter and like you're saying, the Zoom lessons and the homeschooling and even like with myself, like just the, the idea of like, OK, I'm a musician and and I make music and I can't go out and do shows right now. But how amazing is it? I can set up a, a, a session right here in my studio and go go live on Facebook. And I've been doing that a ton. And it's been such a cool way to connect with people. You know, we don't have the physical connection with it, but but it's very much a connection. Um, and, and even like the conversation that can happen within that is even in a way that that can't even happen in a show. So I've been one of the things I've been focused on with my streams is uh, silver linings. And this idea that I've been thinking about, like, like, you got to have two silver linings. So for like every every bad thing you think of or feel, you got to think up two silver linings. And then that way you'll, you come out ahead. <laughs> so that's kind of been a trip.
2: And every silver lining's got a touch of gray.
1: Yeah, hey, I did that on one of my streams.
2: <laughs> so let me ask you this. How often are you leaving the house?
1: You know, uh, not a ton to be honest. Well, I should I back that up. I, every day I leave, but we mostly just go around our neighborhood on on bikes and skateboards you know, or walk. You know, I, I live in Burl Heights, which is a, a neighborhood in San Francisco uh, that's on the south part of the city. Um, Just below the mission and it's a hillside that goes up. That's why it's called heights. It's Bernal Hill and and we got this uh, cool little hilltop area we can walk up to that's like a a, You know protected land. It's like park for hiking and stuff. So we've been heading up that way And I got to say talk about silver linings that I've never seen the air so clear like I've never been able to see as far as I can see right now because there's just like less people driving around, less less you know pollution and all that kind of stuff, uh so we go out every day we we kind of venture out uh, to get some outdoor time, unless it's raining, of course, um but as far as leaving my neighborhood, almost never, and that's been a trip because I think of San Francisco as this city, right, but suddenly it's just feeling like a village to me because I'm just like in my neighborhood, everybody's walking their dogs all the time, everybody's looking at each other and like smiling at each other, I think because we're all kind of going through this experience together in a way that like normally when you pass people everyone was just on their way to their thing they were going to and you weren't experiencing anything together so there was no need to connect and i feel like right now everyone i see out there there's just like a little bit of a look in everyone's eyes of looking to connect and that's been really beautiful too
2: and are people do you get the impression people are observing the social distancing suggestion yeah
1: people are doing a great job with it like leaving space i'm you know like that's been a trip for me too because i'm just walking up and Hugging people I barely even know. So, so, so You should have seen him like, at the Tenderloin. You know, yeah, I, really <laughs> I haven't been down there. I have not. I've been sticking close to my neighborhood. My neighborhood's like a, a cool little kind of villagey neighborhood, kind of almost anyhow, because it's like on the on the on the top of the hill here, so it's it's a little different. But we're we're in San Francisco proper. We're definitely San Francisco zip code.
0: Now, how are you keeping in touch with your band? Are you guys all getting together, or is this just
1: a break? Yeah, no, we've been doing, uh, we've been texting a lot and talking to each other on the phone, of course. Um, And we're actually devising right now, we're working on getting a thing together where we could do a stream together. You know, there's issues with like latency. Oh, yes. (laughs) uh, Because it turns out, and this is a a beautiful thing, but it's sort of a problem too. But uh, the difference between good musical feel and bad musical feel is in milliseconds, so it's kind of like you can't really jam together and have a have it sound good. Right. But uh, we're we're working on some sort of thing where we could get on together and do like kind of like you know in the round where we each you know do a song like and talk and do a song oh, nice. talks. So or are kind of working that out, hoping to start that next week actually.
2: And you could end each episode, sort of we can te- what you could a- at the end of each episode maybe demonstrate the process. Have one person lay something down. And then the ne- it'll be like a, a chess match, the fish you should do. Each episode yeah, totally. an- another member adds something to it. So you have this song that comes together at the end of your
1: episode. Yeah. I like that. And you know, and in a way, like now too, with what we have now, the that whole side of collaborating has never been easier. Like sending things back and forth. I have actually three things uh sitting in front of me here in my studio right now Which are exactly that like different artists Who, who are like oh can you put some Guitar down can you put some uh, some vocals On this can you put some steel guitar on that They're they're just waiting they're like queued up I'm gonna just jump one to the next So so that part's cool it used to be odd To get in the studio someday sometime And run out studio time and now it's just Easy to meld around so
2: I don't know if you're a podcast guy but you should check out Let Creativity Flow that's a podcast On Osiris Pod Amar I'm <coughs> sure you're familiar with Amar he's the host and he talks it's per, very timely he talks about how you know the the new ways that musicians can collaborate often from afar
1: yeah tons of it we i mean we we've actually already been doing that with alo some um, this this last round of eps that we just we, we we just over the past few months been putting out some new eps uh, of new music and those we got in the studio mostly together but uh uh but one of them, prior to that, we actually one of the EPs we actually did very a lot of it was remote. Like we each basically started our own, our own tune and then got it up and running in our home studios and then brought it to the other people to add to. So so it's it's definitely all in the realm of possibility now and it's amazing what you can do.
2: And Dan has kindly allowed us to uh, debut one of those tracks at the end of this episode,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be be one that that fits into the into the. the the times here
2: now i see you're doing webcasts are you surprised at all what songs are being requested you i mean it's interactive right you're reading comments yeah well what what has surprised you from your fan base so far in your webcasts
1: oh that is an interesting question what is surprising i mean i've been real i mean i'll tell you some things that have stood out to me like like one just being like how just how do I say it like my perspective has always been so you know you know create the music then go out and perform it you know improvise all that kind of stuff but as kind of like the output side of it and and honestly like we don't actually have that that much direct feedback with with our listeners you know like we hear about it after the fact and, and visually I have a ton of feedback I'm like looking at people's eyes and their smiles I, I like to really pay attention to the crowd when I'm playing you know because that's one of the Things I enjoy about performing. Um, so this, while I don't have that, I don't have the visual, the actual like comment scene that's going on during these things is so detailed in a way that I never would even get to know from people <laughs> during a show. And the, here's the funny thing, though. I, I, I pay attention to it. I look at the comments, you know, in between tunes, but I've learned that I can't really do it while I'm singing because or playing because it just distracts me from the art part. Um, and since most of what I'm doing is, is music, the, most of the time I'm actually not paying attention to the comments, you know, I'm checking in kind of in between. Right. Um, but after the streams, I go back and check them out. And it's so fun to read through the commentary while I'm checking out the stream because it's like people get into all these details and they're picking up on all sorts of things I didn't, wouldn't have known. And even the little side conversations are interesting, you know, the music might kind of spark a thought in someone's mind and then they kind of have a conversation about that. And it's, it's all really cool to see.
2: Do, do you see songs requested one week when you go review them and then be like, "Oh, I better work that one up and bust that yep. up"? Like, totally. what's what song's an example that where that happens?
1: So here's a good example of that uh, uh, on a stream last week uh, there was a there a guy know a guy you know actually Tanner you know Tanner right yeah <laughs> yeah so he was on and he was he requested an old school ALO song that Dave Brogan the uh, the you know former ALO drummer wrote that we used to do not even that often it was kind of a bust out even back then um but i always have loved that tune and i love playing it and i never signed because it, it was dave's tune and and tanner just kind of put that on there in one of the comments side note and when i was reading back i, saw, I was like, man that actually be a good song to play and then really sadly our friend uh matt layton also known as Falcor, passed away oh. uh, a few days ago yeah really sad um and so we were you know, I was feeling all the emotions of that and then I had a stream and I wanted to do a tune for him and suddenly the tune that came to mind was this Dave Brogan song that Tanner had actually mentioned. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna learn how to sing this tune. So I messed around with it for, for an afternoon and changed the key and kinda of worked worked it up and, and did it in the stream and it was it was it felt really good to be able to give that to to uh, to Falcor who we lost because, you know, I knew it was a favorite of his. Um, and also a way of kind of connecting with a with a you know musical companion of Dave Brogan, and also because Tanner, in the first place, threw the song out there in in a little comment, you know, in a in a sea of I think it was probably like twelve hundred comments. It was one little comment in there, and and it's you know so it's kind of full circle.
2: So those comments matter, people.
1: They do. <laughs> they do. Watch out what you say.
2: <laughs> um, the best wanna...
1: are typos, though. I was watching a friend stream the other day. Um, and and I was like, it sounded so good and I, and I wrote, sounds great And I meant to press exclamation point But I pressed question mark <laughs> And I pressed in And then right after it I was like, oh my god Sounds <laughs> great like I was dissonant so I quickly, like, and then I look, you can't erase a, a comment during no. the live stream. So, so I had to quickly, like, reply to my own comment. I mean, sounds great, with like, put a thousand exclamation points <laughs> in a smiley face.
0: Now, are you finding yourself watching a lot more stream and and, ch- and hearing a lot more music now because of the situation?
1: Yeah, I got one for you right here. Roll, roll, roll your finger gently across the stream. Sorry, start over. <laughs> Roll, roll, roll your finger Gently cross the screen Merrily, 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 merrily Life is but a stream
2: It sure is these days uh, The Richard <laughs> yeah. I, I, Stream on, I've said, stream yeah. on Stream until your stream comes <laughs> I, I thought the Richard yeah. Thompson one was amazing I don't know if you saw that uh, We've got Yorma no. doing weekly ones now It's uh, pretty cool Neil was doing A uh, uh, Neil Young was doing a fireside session thing, but now Daryl is sick. I'm not sure she's sick. His wife Daryl. I'm not sure if she's got the COVID, but she's very sick, so that's Mm -hmm. on hold. But and now you saw
0: you saw the big announcement uh, with Lady Gaga putting together this huge, massive uh, concert. It's going to be. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean all like huge, huge, like Live Aid's Live Aid big. Will she get Bradley Cooper? Maybe, but um. People want to hear her sing that with him again. Right, right. No, I lost, I lost Shall my stream it? of consciousness now. Jeez. Lady Gaga
2: big concert stream.
0: Yes, yes, yes. But they're 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 raising money and they're going to try to collect all their money in advance as opposed to doing it during. But I had there was a oh. there was a point on that that I had and I totally lost it. So I'm just going to forget what I was saying.
1: You know, it's it's this whole. I got to say, the whole streaming thing's been so cool. I've actually gotten to see some of my musician friends more uh, lately than I usually get to see them. <laughs> <laughs> so. So that part's been cool. I just kind of, write, you know, whatever I'm doing around the house, just, oh, who's streaming right now? Put that on. <laughs> yes.
2: And what about the lessons? What, what are you learning? Are you teaching any lessons? Yeah. Aren't you teaching?
1: I, I you know, I don't do a lot of teaching. Um, I have a, a small a couple people I teach, but I, I don't do much of that. It's not to say I won't get into that. I may get into that, especially now with this uh, situation we're in. But, um, you know, yeah, that's that's not something I'm doing a lot. Of. Right. You know, honestly, right now, between doing the streams and then I do have some studio things I can do, which is really great to be able to do that. Uh, so that's keeping me, you know, it's keeping me pretty full with the music played, actually. And then writing, of course, there's a lot of inspiration right now. Yeah. I uh, for better or worse. For better or worse. Right.
0: Yeah. Are you uh, are you uh, doing Zoom workouts with Bob Weir?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't. But Jenna, my wife, she does. She's. She's big into like these like Instagram live, uh, like this one dance one that this this guy Ryan Huffington I think that's his name he does like what five days a week and she's on it every single day and loved it.
0: I have and, not done one of those yet. I did I, I did try to put on a fitness program here the other day with my son and then it was a kickboxing one and he's seven and then that turns into just getting kicked by him for like hours. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know.
1: you gotta watch out. I, know. I know, Totally. Yeah, we got, we got, we've been getting into some creative things. We got, a, a like a couple of years ago, Jenna got, uh, for, for me, for, I think it was father's day, got a book on knot tying, you know, like knots, a field guide to knots. And it's been sitting on the shelf like for two years. And the other day, my daughter and I, we got it out and we, we started working through it and learning some knots stuff, yeah. and, you know, that, that's kind of the neat side of this thing. Like things that you would never do, you know, here's some funny one. I was talking to Steve Kimok the other day, um, it was a it was actually a Zoom birthday that we were uh, both on, uh, you know, and we, we were hanging out as a friend's birth, a mutual friend's birthday. And uh, we were talking and even played a little music each. Um, but Steve said something so funny. He was like, you know, everyone was just kind of go, oh, how are you doing? And Steve was like, man, he's like, I'll tell you, I've been waiting for this for a while. The rat race is over. <laughs> oh yeah! just <laughs> and literally he was lying there playing his steel lying on the couch playing his steel guitar <laughs> it, was, it was actually really beautiful you know
0: yes well now so now i remember what i was getting to on the uh on the whole stream of the the big show that lady gaga is doing so you know right in time right i mean by the time this this thing comes out in like two weeks people have their stimulus checks and be stimulus. able to
2: that's what i said I thought you
0: said stimulator. It sounds like
2: I might have doubled <laughs> up my word there. Thanks, a Completely Ron. different kind of check, but it's still, yeah, still be
1: like not, that is not the check you want the simulated check. It's like, no, not the simulated.
0: Well, I mean, in a way, that's what it is, though. It's like, here, let's just print money. Yeah, exactly.
2: I wanted to ask.
1: What what were you saying? Yeah, about you? No, you yeah the- no,
0: so my point is, is that by the right. time this thing comes out, mm-hmm. people are going to have money to be able to give. They'll have their checks, and they'll be able to give back a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. As opposed to if they did it this
0: weekend, people will be like, yeah, no, I'm going to get groceries.
1: Yeah, I know. Times are crazy, and everybody's worried about what the future is holding. I mean, I know I've been talking to a lot of musicians about it because, you know, we just don't know. Like, the, the I've actually been checking out this book that my dad uh, turned me on to. It's, it's about the uh, – you know the 1918 uh, flu pandemic, um, and what what's interesting is you know they were doing social distancing back then too, and the places that enacted it early did better. So for example, San Francisco uh, did a really good job on the first round, um, got on it early, and fared much better than the rest of the com- country with mortalities. Uh, but then, of course, as things as cases start dropping, like oh cool, we'll open things up now. And then San Francisco got hit like harder than anyone because they'd done such a good job the first time that there was no immunity. You know what I mean? So it's like right. really we don't we just don't know how long it's gonna go because I think they'll be smarter than that this time. I would like to think that as they open things up, they're gonna have to be cautious because you know is, is, is until there's like a vaccine or 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 some sort of you know uh, drugs and medication to, to help with the acute symptoms, you know, they just got to be real careful about it. So I know for us musicians, we're sort of have a little bit of concern because it's like, okay, you know, it's not like we played the film. We, we did our, our Warfield show. We squeezed it in. It was two days before the thing. Yes. Yeah, so we're going right to ask you down. about that one.
2: Wavy gravy, yeah, and leftover but salmon, but, but go on, go on.
1: Yeah, we did it and it, it was, it was fine. And then everything shut down right after it. But my hunch is, you know, things shut down quick. But my hunch is that things are not going to open up quick. It's not going to be like, OK, cool. Now that the thirty five hundred person venue can open, it's going to be like, OK, now let's let's try out. You can gather in groups of 20 or you can gather in groups of 50 or 100. I think it's going to be a little while before they're ready to just It'd be, be gradual, like, OK, yes. all the concerts or festivals, you know, let's let's get 10,000 people together in tight course. You going to have to be careful. Yeah. To, and as painful as that is. For me, as a musician, and it's like my whole livelihood and my whole passion and everything. Um, I totally believe it's the right thing to do because lives are on the line, so they got to do the right thing and be careful and take their time. You know, just is what it is.
2: An ounce of prevention in this case is worth a ton of cure.
3: Well,
0: I
2: could see
3: exactly. The,
0: I could see where this shifts, though. Like, yeah, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna get jump right back to the bar circuit and major big concert circuit or whatnot. But as they loosen up and we gradually allow more people to get together we'll be able to get bands back together and put them back in studios and and increase our streaming so i think we're going to see a whole other wave of streams uh, yes in that sense
1: totally hear that because like by the i wasn't even set up yet for streaming until all this happened so like i haven't really got to do any streams from here with anyone else um uh, it's all been just solo stuff. But, yeah, that's a great point. When we can suddenly get it get together in, gr- in smaller groups, suddenly all the bands can actually start doing streams together. And that'll be huge. That's That'll be like bringing it right to your front door, you know, right to your screen.
2: <laughs> One quick follow-up on the Spanish flu. It was complicated. <clears throat> español, señor. It was complicated. Well, technically it didn't start in Spain. The reason they call it, that World War I was going on. So yeah. the countries didn't want to let on that there was illness in their troops, right? Yeah. And that's why it's called Spanish food because Spain wasn't involved in the war. So we were the first country to come out and say, hey, you know, we've got this thing going on because the other countries were hiding it, which surprises me that San Francisco was on the ball at first. Um, Yeah. But I guess that was completely apart from the military.
1: Yeah, I think they were just one of the earlier towns to just enact rules to social distance. And it's kind of funny because it's like California. It's kind of the same old shit. California was like kind of one of the first ones to to go for it this time. Too, you know, I think maybe whatever the culture is here, they're just quick to, to enact something like that, you know. But you got to be careful then how you let it play out, I guess, you know. Um, interesting in that whole thing, too, when you get into the politics of it, it sounded like Woodrow Wilson was uh lying more than Trump last uh, about the whole thing. That's um, possible for exactly what you were talking about. It's because the war, the war was going on, yeah. and he didn't want to have anyone stopping him from sending the troops all around the world, so yeah. his whole mo was like, This is no big deal we got it under control. Meanwhile, they like the U S just like sent their troops all over and affected the whole world. It was like, it was really irresponsible, but I guess what are you going to do? You know, hindsight's 2020. And
0: we did win. It is 2020.
2: Hey, look out, look out. (laughs) So take us back to the war.
1: The present is, 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 you know what to do. You know, it's right in the present too. So, yeah.
2: Take us back to the Warfield that night. You have, it, it's, a, it's an annual sh- event that you do, right?
1: Yes. And this- Yeah, well, so it's an annual tour. It's called Tour de And this was our, I think this was our 14th year was oh, wow. this year doing it. We've been doing it for a long time. It started out, you know, our first one was 14 years ago. We were playing tiny little clubs and there were probably like five shows and we called it Tour de Amor. And it's grown and grown. And, and, and now uh, this was, you know, it's up to the size it is now, which is where we do everything. It's full West Coast. It's everything from uh, San Diego, so way down to the bottom, all the way up to Seattle, way up at the top, and everything in between. And then we actually added in Colorado this year, so it's even kind of pushing pushing east a little bit. And
0: in 14 um, years, they'll be in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep, keep building it. Um, and then, you know, it's all. it, it started as a – way back when is a Valentine's show and a couple shows around the Valentine's show. So we called it, Oh, tour damn morning, you know, tour of love. Um, and it's been like a really great thing. It's the most consistent thing in the world of ALO. It's like we do it every year, you know, all these years. And uh, so we got most of the tour in um, and we got to actually what you might call the, the, like the, you know, I don't know what the word would be, but like the pinnacle of it for this year, which was our show at the Warfield, you know, hometown show. Um, we had leftover salmon on the bill with us. And it was crazy because the days leading in was right when people were starting to kind of talk about social distancing and, oh, you know, should we do this? Should we, you know, what's, you know, where are things headed? It was like it was like literally the day or two before it. And then so we're like, ah, oh, is this happening? And it was still happening because everything's still on. So we went into it. We did the show. It was great. Everything went great. And then the next day I had one other show and then it was fully on. And that was the first show I was at where people were actually kind of like not hugging, you know, and not not even shaking hands. People were doing uh, uh, elbow bumps, you know, Um, and then uh, suddenly like two days, three days later, schools were canceled. uh, And and then a couple days after that, it was all shelter in place. So um, it was crazy, you know, like the Warfield. I, I, I knew some folks who didn't come actually like my folks who come to every local show. They even come on tour sometimes and they're like, uh, we're not coming. They were already like, we don't want to be around a big crowd of people right now. We'll get the chance. Um, I'm, I'm sorry,
2: we can't make you a show. Make us cassette yeah. recordings.
1: They but... were so sweet. My mom called me like three times. She's like, Is it okay? I'm like, it's totally okay. Like I totally get why you're doing that. And then you should do the right thing. I was like, we'll do it again. Um this year was special because what we've typically done uh for our for our Bay Area shows done uh done uh, three shows at the Fillmore, where we do two two nights a Friday and a Saturday night, and then the Saturday day we do a kids show. Um, so so this year we decided because we've been doing that a bunch of years in a row, and we were just to change up. We're like, let's go do uh, instead of the two the two nights at the Fillmore, let's do one night at the Warfield and and kind of try that out. And it was really it was fun. The Warfield was a ton of fun. I uh, believe it or not, A-Lo had never uh, played the Warfield. Wow. We certainly hadn't headlined it.
0: What?
1: Um, all these years i played there a few times with other other projects and things but ALO had never done it so it was a really a special night and having leftover salmon there on the bill was like a ton of fun we did a great encore of uh double band encore of a couple tunes and
2: new speedway we boogie great-
1: New Speedway, What's that yeah
2: very exactly. appropriate
1: yeah exactly one way or another darkness has got to give exactly we did that and then we did i uh, joined together with the band by by the who double bands and wavy gravy was there he was uh emceeing the night and mm. he came out on stage a couple of times which was tons of fun and
2: how does that yeah, work it was, out it was, you got a higher wavy that? you got a higher wavy and get a does he have a rider and everything and
1: you no know, we're friends with wavy so what we do is we you know we're friends with him and and we've known him for years around the bay area scene and so so we were in touch about having to come out he comes out to our show sometimes and and uh yeah we just we take really good care of him you know we 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 make it real easy for him he get, he gets the red carpet treatment and the red nose <laughs> so, too
2: did yeah, do, do so, you have a wavy gravy story a favorite story that he because I know he tells stories left and right right
1: yeah i mean one one funny thing that happened once but it, it, it and to tell it isn't even that funny but but actually I have two one of them is kind of funny the one I was gonna say is mostly a funny picture I have of a of a sweet water show that was a a save a benefit um that's his uh his kind of nonprofit that he works with is SaveA. Um, and uh, his nose fell off. His red nose fell off right in the middle of while I was talking on the mic. So I got, I got grabbed it and like put it back on. And and Bob Minkin grabbed a photo of it, like just the right moment where Wavy's kind of like leaning his head forward, and I'm like putting this nose. On him. And <laughs> we both have very serious looks on our face because you know what I mean? we were both laughing seconds before and seconds after. But it was like the serious nose placement moment. It's right. like a, I should send it to you. It's a great picture. Send that. We'll use um, it for this other, uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the funny wavy story, though, is how we met him. It, it's kind of funny. We actually didn't meet him in the Bay Area. We were uh, we were playing that Byron Bay uh, Blues and Roots Festival. Australia? Out, uh, yeah, in Australia. Exactly. And, uh, it's you know, it's kind of the big festival out in that region. Awesome festival. We've done it a couple times and uh we were on it and we were they gave us a, uh, you know it's not that big of an area so there there's not like tons of giant hotels for how many people come into town or that. so what they do is they they actually rent out all these like condos in this complex and they put artists and it's a little ways from the festival so it's kind of nice too it's a little bit like tucked away a little little maybe like 15 minute drive away and a bunch of the artists are all at these uh this condo complex and um and so we we got in the hot tub, and and suddenly there's this dude who looks real familiar in the in the hot tub, this kind of older gentleman, um, and he starts talking, and suddenly it's like he it's like oh that's wavy we're we're sitting in the hot tub with wavy gravy in Australia, <laughs> in Australia that's how we met him, and then it turns out we're like oh we all live in the Bay Area we all know like a bunch of the same people, and we were gonna probably meet you undoubtedly sometime in the next uh year anyhow because we just kind of our band was just getting going you know with our touring thing and everything this was many years ago you know and but it was just funny of all places to meet and they brought him out to actually be the mc of the main stage at the festival so so he was chilling out there with his wife it's a fun way to meet him all
2: right we don't want to take up too much more of your time but um i would be remiss if i didn't ask you about bobby weir because i know you, you know bobby pretty well at this point right
1: yeah, I'm getting to know him, you know, I uh, it's again with this whole uh, Grateful Dead scene here in the Bay Area and, you know, play music in it. So. So, yeah. what what What's you, what you thinking?
2: Well, first of all, the TRI, what do, what do you think about the TRI studios and what 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 is the, the current status of that? Do you know?
1: You know, I haven't been up there in a little while, um, but uh, like a couple of years ago, I was up there a bunch because there were you know, he was doing all his stuff there. Plus, just like there was lots of sessions happening there. Uh, with the guys who uh, work there, you know, were uh, engineering sessions and bringing lots of musicians in. So I played there a bunch of times uh, on sessions We and even did some rehearsals for some shows. We actually did some shows. It was uh, like Steve Kimmock and Friends rehearsals and, and Bobby was sitting in on those. So we did some I mean, it's like the most cool place to rehearse ever. It's like it's like better than a, the venue you're about to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a way, in terms of just production value and space and all that, it's like it's like this amazing studio. So, so, so that is all really cool. And yeah, it's a great space. But honestly, to be honest, I don't know what's happening there right now. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard. But I would assume, I would think that Bobby would be getting ready to go back in there to do some a bunch of stuff because it's like.
2: now's Now's the time
1: yeah totally he should bring back the the show i didn't meet him until after that show ended uh what was it called we're here is that what it was called yeah i didn't i didn't know him when he was doing that i i was kind of just getting in the scene around here with all that stuff so i met him a little bit after that was already done
2: but he's played with alo right
1: yeah totally and i and i just did a show with him recently for the rex foundation it was in uh december actually at the fillmore for their annual show we did uh we did uh, uh uh american beauty it was like the 50th anniversary you know so we did we did the album in its entirety and um and i, I they, they asked me to be musical director for it um so put together a really cool band with guys from railroad earth and uh, nice. uh guys from the bay area music scene and then kind of last I minute mean, we were all like ready to go go with it we had the whole thing kind of kind of dialed in and um and then a few days before we found out Bobby was around and wanted to come down. So I, so I talked to him on the phone and worked out some tunes. And, and I mean, well, we didn't really have to work them out. We, we you know, Sugar Magnolia and, and, uh, and Trucking and stuff like I can't beat those, you know. So we did those. So first set was the album in its entirety. We did that. It was a ton of fun. And then the second set was just like grab bag. We just did a bunch of tunes and Bobby did the whole second set too and uh it was awesome it was like a really really fun night and and all the players on the gig like i said it was robert earth people uh uh we had jackie green was there jason crosby scott law robin sylvester played bass you know from rat dog uh t sisters sang matt butler came by played some uh, wally ingram who else there were brothers comatose it was fun it was a ton of fun it was really cool
2: so anytime you play with musicians you have to listen and be on the ball but with weir you really particularly have to listen and watch him right even if it's not his band right because there's kind of a yeah u- you
1: know right like, it's funny for me that's something that uh i i i how do i say this like that part i don't i don't have to pay attention to that really personally because i it's just what i do anyhow like like i, and I think that's that's a big part of of being able, there's one thing about being a musician who can like perform but there's another one about being someone who can like sit in and someone who can you know interact and musical direct in those ways and right. i think that's actually the biggest quality is you just have to listen above all else that has to be the first thing you're doing and then what you play is the product of what you're hearing not the other way around not this like oh i work this thing out and i'm gonna try to play get one over on the crowd right now and all the other you know it's like i just i know there's a lot of cats that do think that way and i'm not saying it's bad either there's a lot of amazing like people are very like performance and amazing based you know that do that but my trip is i just love to listen that's what i love about music in the first place as a music listener i love to listen to music so when i'm on stage i'm doing that too i just haven't had my guitar on my hand and then uh you know my guitar is the way i react to it you know what i mean
2: do you feel you're at the point where if you want him to sit in, you just call him up and say, "Hey, come on out," or does it have to be initiated by him?
1: Oh uh, no, I mean, I I know him now. It's like you know, he's he's. I'll tell you what, though, he's been real busy because like Dead and Company, and and that guy doesn't slow down. Him and Phil, they're both like so great that way. They're so inspiring that way. They're like they're at the age where a lot of cats would be like, "Oh, okay, I've done enough now. I'm gonna go chill out by the by the fire and sit in the hot tub," you know. <laughs> but no way, dude. Those guys are both like always at it they always got something booked and and uh you know i play with phil a lot at, at terrapin too and he's been so inspiring that way too man he's like you you show up for a film friends and you get there for your sound check rehearsal and he's got a list of stuff what he wants to try and uh, it's amazing it's like oh my god he's been playing that tune since 1968 and he's still got a new idea that he wants to try tonight <laughs> you know like a new way of doing it and it's like what well, it's, it just shows you that it's all state of mind, you know what I mean? And then, like, all the art comes from the state of mind, not the other way around, you know what I mean?
2: And with Phil, so, you can bring stuff to the table and say, Hey, I want to try this. And he's, he's, uh, yeah,
1: could- totally. He's like, really, that's has been my whole experience with Phil and Friend stuff, is he's very open to like uh, people, you know, his, I what almost what I feel like is he puts bands together of, of people who he appreciates their intuition. Um, so that then you can get on stage and be intuitive, you know? Yeah,
2: well, if you ever have to get Bobby a, a Christmas gift, get him closed to, closed-toed shoes. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Even in the dead of winter, the guy's in those frickin' Birkenstocks. I don't know what the deal is.
1: Yeah, he's able to do it. He can pull it off. Yes. Yeah, I know. He's, he's great. Man, he's fun to play. Both those guys are so... Far, I really feel so fortunate that I've been, been able to play music with both those guys over the past uh, few years because... Really like just besides the fact that they're legends and all that stuff aside, they're just like really, uh really uh good you know, music. Good- yeah, they're like really engaged and amazing with their art, you know what I mean? So like just to be able to be around that is like as 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 someone doing creative stuff, that's like that's what you want to be around. You know, that's that's the that's the inspiration. That's what's all about, right? It's all about being inspired. Absolutely.
2: So we're going to end the episode with a with a track from your forthcoming EP. Is this correct? Tell us about. The- yeah,
1: it actually just came out, and um, this one. Why don't Why don't we play the the song called uh, uh, "Just a Spark"? And and the concept behind it was, uh, yeah, the idea behind this tune was I actually wrote the tune a little while back. It was like it was right after there were a bunch of, of fires that had been in California you know, we've been having some pretty big fire seasons these past couple of years. And it was actually right around that time also was when that, when uh, Tom Petty passed away. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking of like literal sparks that start giant fires, like, like the power line that started the fire that burned down all of, you know, Sonoma County and that. But I was also thinking about the other type of spark, like the metaphorical spark of like creativity uh, and how all the greatest things like, like, you know, they all start from just a spark. Kind of going back to what we were just talking about a second ago with all this like great music. It's like, you know, the the greatest artist, you know, that builds a great catalog of music. It all it all just starts from a tiny little idea, and then it's all about like making that idea uh, uh, real and into something. And I almost feel like that that's what our our responsibility is. You know, our responsibility isn't to come up with the ideas, but our responsibility is to realize them. And so that's what that song's about.
0: Well, hey, let's, uh, we're going to play it here for everyone. Thank you so much for your time. Listen, wish your family well, stay healthy, have a happy Passover, and thanks again for participating in the virtual Seder. Be
1: safe. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, and, take and,
2: care. And be a spark to the next great music moment.
3: That's all life. And it shine brightly Like a beacon in the dark Took my hand and it showed me What can come from just a spark Like a speck into the twilight Out of nothing we embark Path from the sun is never done. And it all starts from just a spark. Whoa, but on his own, it is nothing and it's gone. With the air we breathe. Sometimes the fire starts and the water ages on.